Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee. This is a program where we discuss life's hard financial questions to help you make smart decisions about your money. I'm a certified financial planner and Jeremiah is a California licensed attorney. We work together at Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm where we help our clients build the life that they love. If you have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on future episodes, just send us an email. Use the contact button on our website, retirementunlimited.com, or just give our office a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. Welcome to the Tricord Advisors podcast. This is Randy Barkley and I'm Jeremiah Lee, and we are working through a series currently about financial planning, all different pieces of financial planning that we work with our clients right. that we've touched on um, estate planning, we've touched on retirement planning, and today we're talking about kind of, a, I think, a, a fun aspect that affects everyone is the psychology of planning or the psychology of investing. You know, everybody has a relationship to money. It does. They do. And it's just, and I and I guess, you know, the thing that makes me stop and pause is that how much advantage we have for being born in this time. Because mm. if we go back 100 years this wouldn't even been a subject matter for most for most of our great grandparents or great great grandparents, so mm. to speak. But it it is it's a um, advent of a prospering economy and the wealth of our nation and yeah. being born in America. Yeah. Um, and and I I don't want to be sound prejudicial, but being you know the not necessarily a privileged class, but being having the ability to have good education to have kind of a, a good start in life. This is man. This is this means a lot to for many of us, um, as if, as opposed to if we were born in some little village in Africa that was plagued with sure. uh, lack of resources and education that yeah. sort of thing. And right? even a you know a town a, a you know I was picking on the coal industry, but a coal mining town where that's what everybody does. You know, and there's no you know kind of upward mobility or, or right. way out. Um, you know that, that, that's right. And the, the psychology that people come up with. Some folks you know kind of the same income, two neighbors say, same neighborhood, same everything. One could live with a mindset of um, hard work and right. we're going to make it and there's always going to be enough and we'll figure it out. And another, the neighbor could live with a mindset of scarcity. And if they ever do get ahead, they have this imposter syndrome. I don't, I don't deserve to be ahead. And they you know, uh, spend their money poorly. But we all have a relationship to money. You know, Some people see it as security. Some mm -hmm. people see it as opportunity. Some people see it as a, um, a, a status, a social status. Look, I have this, and I mean the reality is that it's kind of all that, right? Um, but we, as we interact with our clients, we we have to walk through a, um, a, a an emotional association to money and wealth and growth and development and choices, and we see some recurring patterns. And there's a number of books that have been written on this that we've gone through and read, and we try and implement to help our clients. Yeah, and I think the probably the thing that that has probably the most impact is that recent studies have shown that good financial planning will increase the wealth of a person by 7% a year. Now that isn't just 7% on your investment portfolio, but that's taking all the key aspects like tax planning, retirement planning, obviously investments is part of that, but helping people to navigate through life financially mm -hmm. and making lesser mistakes. In other words, don't make the big mistakes. The big ones. And that was the big takeaway from the article is it wasn't so much that on the easy years that um, you know, having a financial advisor got you a, a notable return that was that much more. It, it might, it might not. But the big item, the big takeaway from that study that we were looking through was saying, you know, that there's moments in your life where you have a big moment. Right. And you can make some really dumb choices or you can make some really prudent choices. And, and that was the aspect that if you can avoid some of these kind of major pitfalls, 
um, you, you can do a little bit better. So let me let me share a story uh, with our listening audience. And and I, I remember this is decades ago. I had a, a man come to my office. He was referred to me, but he literally had won the lottery. And he he came in and he introduced himself and he said, the reason that I'm here is I and I won the lottery. And I kind of I kind of kind of laughed under my breath and I went, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. But he really did. He he won about a million dollars. And uh, after taxes, I, if I remember right, he had something like $600,000 remaining. And to him, it was life changing. And he said, I want to make the right choices. He said, can you help me? So we sat down and we started to go through strategies and we started to talk about what he should do with the money. I remember there was an opportunity for him to finish his education and this would have paid all of his tuition and he would have been able to, I mean, he was, he wanted to be a teacher and that was his path that he was taking. This would have paid for his mm-hmm. degree and and got through all that. And it would have supported his family. So he didn't have to work and try to, you know, try to go to school and work at the same time, which is really hard on people. Right. And after we got through all the planning, he told me, he said, I know how this works. And I, and I looked at him kind of puzzled and I said, what do you mean? You know how it works? He said, I know how to pick the right lottery numbers. And I looked at him and I went, you're kidding me, right? He said, no, no. He says, I, I believe I know how to do that so that in the future, I'll be able to do this again. And I, and I paused and I said, you realize this is absolutely incredibly lucky. You know, you bought the, you bought the ticket and you won. But the chances of you doing this again is almost you couldn't calculate Mm. it. But he was convinced. He was convinced that he knew how to do that. And he he spent his money. He gave it away. He did not utilize the money in a prudent and taking advantage of of the phenomenal luck that he had. Yeah. And so what he did is he spent it away and he increased his risk, not taking the money to go to you know, further his education, to pay off mm-hmm. the mortgage on his house. He What he did is he added more risk. He added more mortgage. He, he borrowed more money. He gave it away to his family and friends that he became kind of a target, so to speak, because of this. And he felt, he felt rich. And there's a big difference between showing your wealth, rich, what I call rich, and not showing your mm-hmm. wealth and that being wealthy. And he did it. And he was so convinced that he had the ability to select the right numbers on the lottery that that it ended badly. Mm-hmm. I can I can tell you here that it ended badly. And the bitterness of that was that he didn't take what was what was was really truly a, an incredibly lucky moment. Mm-hmm. And we talk about that. We look at different people historically, but also our clients where they receive an inheritance and just fritter it away. Yeah. And other people that receive very modest and they build it into something that is significant down yeah. the road, right? Well, there's, there's an emotional moment. Thank you for sharing that story. I mean, what interesting of walking through it with someone. But that moment when someone shifts, you, they, they receive an inheritance or even they get a, a job promotion, you know, that they walk from having a very difficult situation to all of a sudden making enough. There's an, or, or even making ample, there's an emotional switch that, that some people walk through very naturally and health, in a healthy way. Others don't. And, and part of it has to do with um, you know that in, imposter syndrome or seeing themselves as still lacking. If, if someone inherits a, a large amount of money, you know the majority of our clients, you know, as we talk through this and what that looks like, they see themselves as a steward of this. And how do I best benefit you know the rest of my life as well as my 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 children or my grandkids or my nieces or my nephews? 
how do I utilize this in a way that builds forward? You know, others see it as undeserving. It's something I don't deserve. And we had right. a client that, that had a, a very large account that they ignored and just sat there almost like shoved it in a corner because they had such an emotional attachment uh, to the person who had passed away, but also they felt um, un unworthy almost to have that kind of wealth. And so they they weren't managing it. They weren't, and you know, through time and working with them, we were able to move them forward to say, okay, this is yours and you need to be a steward of it going forward. But you know, some of the statistics that we read is that your your view of how the world works, 80% of that comes from your personal experience. Um, and the, the the quote in there that you know that we've read is, is funny because it has you know 0.00001 is what you've actually experienced of the world, right? You know, of, of, of all time, all time, all history, all things, all events. You you've experienced such a tiny fraction, yet that so greatly informs you know what you feel. And so, someone who grew up in a certain way has these um, uh, processes they go through and how they relate to money. Yeah, I mean, if you feel guilty, or if you feel like you like you say is undeserving. Yeah, that's going to have a major impact on what the value of that inheritance or the money you've received. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's just amazing. Right. And, and I think to step away a little bit from the idea that, you know, we as Americans, we all like the underdog story, the right. buy my own bootstraps and here I come. Um, and I did it all by hard work. And I think there's a good moment where people are looking back at our society in general and say, who among us, you know, has never had um, a mentor, mm -hmm. never had a moment of good luck, never had right. a good a lucky break, never had someone lend a helping hand. Like, I, I mean, part of even just living in America, like I, I think I said on the radio before, I had, I had a hose burst at my house and a neighbor ran over and turned it off. Mm -hmm. You know, it would have flooded all sorts of things, but it was just lucky that I had a neighbor who cared. It was a helping hand. And to say, man, we get so many of that, so much of that in our life. But but luck is is a is part of it. You know your your family of, of how you receive and even investment returns. You know some of this stuff you can be prudent, you can be mindful. But sometimes the market just has a good day. Sometimes the market just has a bad day, and it right. has nothing to do with what a person has structured or planned. And we of course work very hard to make sure when the market has a bad day, our clients are fine, and when the market has a good day, our clients get to participate in that. But it, there's 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 a moment there's a level of luck and just rolling with what you have. That I, yeah, think I mean, I think again investing. When we talk about economics and we talk about financial planning, most people go, oh, you do investment or, you know, that's what you do. Mm. You, you're going to sell me a stock or a bond or a mutual fund or something. And that that is the least of what we do. So much of what we do right now is to determine, first of all, what is it that the client wants? Is taking him through the plan and the structure and asking so many questions and coming up, why would you want to invest? What yeah. is the end goal for you? And for many people, they just say, okay, I want, I'd like to have a million dollars, let's say. You know, I'll just use that as a prime example. But they really don't, that's not, that's, that's so esoteric. I mean, yeah. it's not, it's not real for most people. Yeah. You know, do you want to be able to spend a million dollars or do you want to have a million dollars that will produce income for you? Oh, I don't, I don't really know. They don't know how the difference of that is. Yeah. But really what people are really saying is I'd like to have freedom. Yeah. And I think, I think the biggest freedom that financial uh, success can give you is your time yeah. so that, you know, if you lost your job, you wouldn't have to worry about losing your home in six months. Or if all of a sudden somebody got ill or you wanted to, you wanted to leave your job, well, you had enough time to be able to decide what direction to move and to do other things. That financial freedom, that freedom mm. of time is so critically important. Oftentimes people don't realize how important it is but you do it step by step by step. It's not something where all of a sudden it just happens overnight. Yeah. yeah. Even the, the lottery example, like, you know, that was a moment that could have happened overnight. Right. But it, but it didn't. It didn't turn into freedom. It didn't turn into 
and, and part of freedom is also the word enough. You know, if someone right. says, I have enough, I don't need to scrimp and pull and grab. And enough, you know, in my mind, enough is not just a balance. You know, enough is a process. It's even a future plan to say, if I stay on this plan, I, I will build into enough for me. Right. Um, and that gives me freedom to then not have to scrape or stress or worry. And, and there's so many studies about what stress does to the human body. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so many studies that money is one of our largest producers of stress. And that's the world we live in. You know, that's where the, the, you and I work in is say, how do we help people not just do the math, right? <laughs> you know, for the planning, right. but how do we walk through the emotional side of, of living a life and walking and building a life that may take years and decades to build, but doing it in a way that you can say, I have enough. I'm on a path towards enough. I have freedom to do these mm-hmm. other things. Um, and, you know, taking the moments of luck, taking the moments of poor luck and dealing with them in an appropriate way. Yeah. And I mean, I think that uh, we'll talk more about this in our next segment, but I think the, um, the aspect of leverage and I I call it the rich syndrome, Mm. you know, you want to display your wealth and you do that in by buying a bigger house, buying a, a bigger car, more expensive, you, you buy things that don't impress. I mean, you want to impress the person next to you or your friends or families or whoever. A lot of times you try to impress people you don't even know. Mm. And and we see this oftentimes displayed in people's ego. And ego is the thing that runs ahead of common sense. Mm. So, you know, stay tuned. We're going to talk a little bit more about the psychology of financial planning and how it is not just about money. There's so many other factors here that go into it. We'll be right back. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned. He can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. We've been talking about the psychology of money and finance and financial investing. And we're going to kind of continue that. We've been talking about freedom. Most recently, that's going to left right. off is saying, you know, as you build your life, you're building into this, this freedom. And one of the big um, killers of that is debt. Right. Debt is one of those things that... Um, especially, and you're, I think, saying some really good stuff right before the break of as people become more rich, I will use that word rather than wealthy, as, they, as their finances increase, they want their lifestyle to increase. They want to do these great things. They, they, they make some really uh, stupid mistakes. They, <laughs> they make some really stupid decisions. Yeah. Right? And in the moment, they don't feel they're being stupid. They feel, I have this I have this forever amount of income, right. and I want to live a life that matches that. And so in order to do that, I need to mortgage this and buy a new one of these, and I can you know get credit for that. They start building this up and it, it it becomes, you know, as your assets get bigger, so in some cases, so does the debt. And that mm-hmm. there's no wealth there. There's nothing created, right? It's it's when your your debt and your spending stay low and your income comes up, you're able to actually generate right. wealth. And and an item we talk about in the, the psychology that we talk with clients is there's a there's a real beauty of being optimistic and hopeful for the future, but also being a little bit paranoid about the things that can bite you. Mm-hmm. And a big one being things like cryptocurrency. 
right. you know, folks that you were, they were optimistic, they were hopeful, they saw this great future. Yeah, and again, and that, yeah, it always comes back to somebody, you know, again, people that go into things like that, they feel like they have special knowledge. Mm. And it's interesting. I know something you don't know. And mm-hmm. I know something that most of the world doesn't know. Yeah. And you know what? You don't. Yeah. And the bottom line is you don't. And I think people initially with say you can just use cryptocurrency or Bitcoin for a while, you know, thought I understand how this works or I'm an early adopter, I'm in here. And you know, they shot up. And so there's that hope and optimism that is great. That's kind of the American spirit. That's that's entrepreneurs, right. that's all these things that allow us to take these big steps forward. But but the risk, I don't think people that I knew that were big into into crypto were not paranoid enough about the risk that they were also taking on. And we saw that, you know, we saw Bitcoin go way up, we saw it come way down. You know, we've seen a number of these, you know, rise, you know, like a rocket and then and come crashing back down. And and that idea, uh, you know, I think taking that throughout someone's whole life to say, what areas of my life do I need to be paranoid about that can really bite me? And success isn't just, you know, success overnight, but over over your life, over time. And there's a, a great just to transition a little bit into this idea of time as you're building enough, as you're right. building financial freedom. Um, it, it, it takes time. And it's not something to rush. So Warren Buffett, who everyone knows, um, he's made $81.5 billion. And that was that was a few years ago. Now, 81.5 of his 84.5, you know, were the numbers. So right. the vast majority of his wealth was made after he was 65. And people have known and talked about Warren Buffett for for years and decades that he's been, you know, uh, famous and he's been, you know, a known great investor. But 81, 81 billion of his 84 billion was made after he was 65. Mm-hmm. And just the, the, I mean, that, that also means he had 3 billion going into that. He built a huge amount during his life. But he could have stopped. He, right. he could have stopped and said, I'm done. Right. And, and most people, they reach that age of whatever that retirement age is, and then they stop. Well, Warren Buffett was an investor from a child. Mm. So as a child, he had this fascination about economics. And then he also was under the tutelage of one of the greatest economic teachers out of mm-hmm. Columbia. Uh, Graham. Yeah, Benjamin Graham. And um, and he went on to have a very, very successful life in investing. But he will tell you, and in fact, all the stats are, his initial investments, he made some really bad investments. I mean, he made some bad choices. But he also made some very, very good investors, right. you know, very good investments. And obviously, he time was his was his friend because yep. it compounded. Yep. Over time, he, he persisted and say it, you know, when he had $3 billion, which a lot of people would say is an enormous amount of money, and it is, he could have become very risky and said, well, I got to get to, you know, I want to get to $100 billion. I got to get that now, right. you know, and increase his risk. Um, or he could have said, I had enough and, and just stop investing. I see that the same thing, you know, back the numbers down a little bit, but people we look at it retiring that they'll say, hey, I got four years till I'm going to retire. I just got to really pump this risk because I want to get to a certain number. I got to mm-hmm. get to a certain thing. Uh, it's a poor idea. Others, they'll get to, you know, 65, 70, retire and say, okay, I'm done. Put it all in cash. I don't want to, you know, have any more risk. I just want to have, and on, on both situations, they're either taking way too much risk and they're jeopardizing the future, or they're they're really taking the engine out that that very reasonably and a reasonable risk could produce a, a great future for them and the next generation. And so it, it's that idea of, of persisting right. and persisting in, in, in what? It, it, the answer is in a plan. I mean, for us, when we look through, we always calculate kind of the required rate of return for a client. What do you need to return on your money? What does your investment need to generate in order to hit all your goals? And once we have that number, we have a, um, a guideline, you know, and then we say, what, do you, well, what should we target? You know, do you want to do more than that? You know, we probably shouldn't do less than that. You know, you know we kind of have that discussion. Um, but with that, it, it's, it's a real reasonable way to say, what can I take on in my life reasonably without 
going too far up, too far down? What, what do I really need? And, and investing for enough, in essence, mm-hmm. uh, without taking on Yeah, I mean, I had, a, I had a man told me a long time ago, and I've really adopted this in my thinking, is that, you know, as we counsel people, I, I really want to know what they want. And mm. if I can get a hold of their wanter, you know, that's the thing that's going to drive them. Mm. And it could be in some cases they're too risky. And in other cases, it could be that they're too scared. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of of keeping balance and understanding what the client. And again, going back to reference that you talked about earlier, it's their history, what what was what they you know what their parents gave into them, what their personal yeah. experience was, whatever happened. That tells you a lot about how they see money at that moment. Yeah. It also, you know, there's no certainty of future. But we know that if people act in prudent and rational ways, they're going to have more at the end than what they started. And some people just can't get past a certain obstacle. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of times it's emotional, right? Yeah, it's an emotional obstacle. It's either an ego or it's a, like we said, a, uh, uh, I don't deserve this. Um, I'm gonna, right. And people have self-destructive behaviors in the midst of this with their finances. Right. They overspend because they don't feel they deserve it to get themselves back down right. to where they feel it should be. The other piece I just want to touch on a little bit is is as we move forward, there's there's rational you know choices that the math would say an economist would say here's what you should do. Right. You should max out your 401k every every year from year 20 to 30 years old and eat top ramen. Right. You know, and then there's things that are reasonable for people. And I, and I think to separate that a little bit too is, is to live your life. Yeah, as you as you're living your life, I always tell especially people in their you know 30s that as you're looking at retirement, retirement you need to save. You need to start you know moving that direction. But there's, you know, college education we paid for, there's vacations to be taken, there's houses to buy. There's a lot of life that's going to happen before retirement. And so it's not an either or. And people usually come with that mindset, I either save a retirement or I do this. But it, it has to be both and. And say, what's a reasonable way to move forward the best way that you can, the life you have? And when you have those good moments of luck, man, to take advantage of them. I mean, we've had clients that inherit a, a chunk from their parents, not a chunk that's going to um, allow them to stop working and you know, live, live a different life, but to say, this just moved you forward 10 years right. in your financial goals. And so let's just plug that in and let's let's get you going. And that's a, that's a great moment. Yeah. And again, going back to what you want. And I think it's, it's satisfying for, again, I, I always told clients, I said, if you're looking for somebody to build extreme wealth for you, we're probably not your firm. What we want to do is to bring more financial freedom. And freedom is a big, big dividend yeah. of having financial security. And and we see people where they they ruin, uh, not knowing, but they ruin their freedom. Mm. And they end up desperate and anxious and making decisions that are, are not correct for their financial freedom. Um, and they make decisions that just terrorize mm. their overall financial goals. And we've seen it again and again. And it's and it's heartbreaking to see people go through that kind of thing. Yep. And part of that is, you know, we've had clients that come in the moment, but really to have that relationship to where we know someone, they know us, we've walked through life with them. Right. We know their wants, we know where they're headed. And when these moments come, either good or bad, there's a great sounding board. There's someone to walk them through. I mean, retirement being a moment, right? There, right. You can walk them through, here's a way to do this well. It really lines up with where you're headed. So we've talked about a lot of things here today, and we'd like to hear from you if you'd like to know more about our firm and how we help our clients reach the goals that have a, you know, have the life that they deserve. If you missed any part of this episode, you can catch us on YouTube or you can go to our, our website, retirementunlimited.com. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening. 
information and ideas discussed on this program are in the nature of general comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Do not constitute legal or financial advice and do not create an attorney, client, or fiduciary relationship. Any examples or circumstances discussed are fictional. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor, tax consultant, or attorney, as well as conduct their own due diligence prior to making any decisions. Investments involve risk and the possibility of loss, including the loss of principal. All situations are different and results may vary. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent, California license number 0518567. And Jeremiah Lee is a California licensed attorney and is responsible for this communication. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisory firm. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB.